Well, hey guys, well, welcome back to this week's episode of the American Landman. It is about mid-July when we uh, record this. It is hot and muggy, and uh, we've been experiencing quite a bit of a drought um, all through the upper Midwest, and I even hear it's extending into Kentucky and Tennessee. Everybody's kind of experiencing the same weather, but we've been fortunate enough that we've been getting some frequent rains. Not a lot, not that heavy soakers, but maybe enough to kind of keep things moving along. And before you know, we're going to be doing our fall food plots and um, we usually get those in the ground sometime, I don't know, about uh, mid to late July, maybe the first week of August is our timelines. And um, I'm going to be focusing on uh, getting those in. I've got my food plots kind of sprayed and prepped, and I'll be leaning towards the vitalized seed uh, blends that I've been talking about. So if you've been hearing me talk about this, you should go to vitalizedseed.com. They have some really uh, um, fabulous blends. And in the fall, you're going to start off with the Carbon Boost. That is a uh, about 18 seeds in that blend. A lot of grain. Uh, there's rye, there's wheat, there's uh, oats, um, there's some brassicas, there's some clover in there. And that is going to set you up with a high carbon load of, uh, of plants that will feed your deer with a very diverse uh, plant base all through the fall. And then in the spring, it'll be an early green up and then you'll terminate it and they'll set you up for the nitro boost, which is a nitro nitrogen gathering uh, blend of plants. And we'll be talking about that sometime, you know, before the spring plant, but it's a very simple one-two punch. So if you're interested in talking about that, then give me a call. I'm the distributor here in Northwest Wisconsin, or you could just go to vitalizeseed.com. They're a great partner here at the American Land episode, uh, American Landman podcast. All right, well, let's introduce our guest today. Today we're bringing on uh, Wes Evans, a uh, Whitetail Properties real estate land specialist in East Tennessee. Um, he's just a great guy, and he's a, a guy that probably like a lot of us. He spent a lot of time outdoors. He wasn't into uh, playing uh, uh, video games. He'd rather grab a hatchet and get out in the woods. He's a scout. Um all the way through Eagle Scouts, and he spent his lot of time in the woods learning his woodcraft, fishing, and then as he started to get an older, um, he started to fall in love with the idea of owning land. Um, so he is eventually purchased his own land, and we're going to talk about his partnerships and how he's utilizing partnerships and how he's buying property and fixing it up. Uh, using timber to uh, uh, pay off the mortgage and kind of get it in maybe into a neutral, at least a neutral cash flow situation and turning those properties over with a with about a two to five year window. But along the way, he's having fun. He's sharing the mission of God and bringing people into the outdoors. He's just a great guy. I think you're going to enjoy this conversation. You'll have a new contact in East Tennessee. So let's bring him in. This is Wes Evans of Whitetail Properties Real Estate. All right, well, let's uh, get this show going. Wes Evans, welcome to the show. Thank you, Neil. Great to talk to you. Long time listener, first time caller, buddy. Yeah, well, I love to hear that. Uh, we're we're having fun doing this, and um, it's been a project that I had thought about for a long time. And I'm glad to have a guy from your neck of the woods because I haven't had anybody from Tennessee yet. So I'm proud to have you on here. Happy to represent. Appreciate it. Yeah. Well, you've been doing a lot of good things down there, and we talked a little bit 
about uh, you coming on the show. And I was excited because you've got a lot of things going. You've been buying out of state. Um, you're doing partnerships and you're investing. You have, you know, property that you just have. It sounds like family property. It's more of your hobby, legacy farms. But, um, you know, you're you're doing everything right along the way to build net worth and, and, um, and have a good time. And you're building a heck of a business. So that's why I wanted to have you on here. But why don't we, why don't we start with this? Why don't you just, uh, introduce yourself, uh, where you're at, tell us about Wes and his family, and then we'll just pick it up and see where it goes. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, I do live here in East Tennessee, closer to the Knoxville area. I've been married for 18 years. Uh, we, my wife and I, we have two girls, 11 and 15, and it's just all the wild stuff about uh, having women in the house. I always tell people I got three girls. I'm, I'm vastly outnumbered, but uh, when they want to go outside and enjoy the woods, enjoy being outside and doing things, man, I take them up on that. But it's always, you know, if they if they're interested in those type of things. But we love to be an active family. We're in that busy season of of life. Uh, I enjoy being outside. I'm that kind of guy that, as a kid, a lot of my friends played video games, but I was the guy that was outside in the woods, riding my bike, building forts, building fires, chopping uh, trees down. You know, one of my uh, early memories is my parents bought me an axe pretty early in life, a hatchet and then an axe and going out and, 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 uh, just enjoying being outside. I grew up in Boy Scouts. I'm an Eagle Scout. So I learned a lot of great things about the outdoors that way. Started hunting when I was in middle school, uh, chasing squirrels through the woods, uh, led into, you know, deer hunting and bow hunting and, and, uh, been all over the Midwest and really enjoy the peace. Um, just enjoying God's beautiful creation, seeing his animals and seeing land, uh, and enjoying those blessings, uh, from, from creation, from our creator. So, um, for me, I, I just love being outside. I don't watch a lot of TV. Uh, and, and I, I love helping people now as a land specialist with like sell properties. I love to help people see their dreams come true. These dreams of being outside, making memories with their families, uh, being good stewards of land of this creation. That that's something that I, that just fuels me. I enjoy seeing other people, their eyes light up uh, when they step their boots on ground, uh, on land, and and seeing what they can do with this property, and then them chasing those dreams. So that's just a quick snapshot about me and what gets me out of bed in the morning. Yeah, well, that lines up a lot. I mean, I, as you're like telling squirrel hunting, the axe, uh, being out in the woods, uh, the scouts, I did the exactly same thing. And I hadn't, you brought, you brought up a memory that I hadn't even had in my head forever. I found an axe in an old abandoned house when I was a kid, probably eight years old. And for whatever reason, that thing was dull. And I went out and started chopping down trees. I don't know why I just got into I guess that was my early uh, hinge cutting. I didn't even know I was doing it, but so that's, that's pretty good. And the squirrel hunt too, man, I used to stra- I used to get out of high school, out of middle school, I guess it would be early high school even. And uh, I would strap a 22 to my, uh, my handlebars and I would ride about five miles out into the country to my uncle's little 40 acre woods and I uh, stalk uh, squirrels. And when you said that I immediately got taken back and to those October days and I would stay out till it was dark and I would ride home with, when it was dark, I'd have a couple of shoestrings and I'd stick a noose on these uh, squirrels and strap them to my handlebars and ride home. So that's yeah. awesome. thanks for taking me back. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's great. Good. Well, you're, you're uh, also a pastor. So you're, you're a sales guy, you're a land investor and you're a pastor. That's an interesting combo. Yeah. So, um, 
I, the Lord got a hold of my heart early in life and, and uh, just um, I love to tell people about the Lord, about Jesus. And, and um, it's just something to where uh, I've worked in churches for a long time. My background, my, my education is formally in my bachelor's and master's degree in, in Bible and theology. Um, so, you know, it, it's, uh, it's something that's really helped me through life. And I love to, to share the good news with other people and help them as they're going through life. Cause I, I really believe that that's our purpose on this earth is to point people to Jesus, that, that he's our ultimate answer. And he's the, the creator. We get to look around and see him at work. And, um, uh, that's part of what I think draws all of us to, to land all of us. And so many of us, you talk to people and they go, I just have something inside of me. I want to own land. I want to be a steward of land. And I, I think that goes back to what we call the creation mandate from the very beginning of time, from the very beginning of the Bible in Genesis chapter one, where God told us to be good stewards of the land, to rule and to reign it. And that's all before sin enters the world. And so, uh, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of things in common with, with pastoring and, and, uh, helping lead a local church. Uh, and I do that by vocationally. I'm a full-time land specialist. And so I get to have some really unique and great conversations with people when we're standing out on dirt, uh, standing on land and just talking about, uh, why there's a draw inside of their soul uh, to own land and to improve it. So I think it all goes back to our relationship with the Lord. You know, when people, when I talk to people a lot, they seem to have, they almost have their guard up, I guess. And I'm thinking about specifically about a client that I have right now. And for whatever reason, he was very untrusting of me. Um, never met him, you know, right out of the gate though. I could just tell he was keeping me at arm's length and he'd even kind of take like verbal shots at me. And finally I, I just kind of addressed it with him. I said, I'll call him Bill. His name's not Bill, but I said, Bill, I just, you know, why, why, why is there this energy between us? I, I don't get it. And because I'm doing everything I can to help you, I'm advising you as best I can, but you're really making this relationship hard. And we had a long discussion and I don't really know if I ever got an answer, but do you find that having that godly approach, if you will, does that help break down barriers when you're working with buyers and sellers? Well, I think it's a great question of just us interacting with people in, in general. Some people have been taken advantage of. They have been lied to. And um, unfortunately, that's really common in our culture. Um, and so what I try to do is, is what Jesus told us to do, which is to treat other people the way that you want to be treated. Um, I try to be very honest with folks. Uh, my, my mother taught me at a very early age. I still remember she stopped me uh, one day when I was lying to her. And she looked at me and she said, Wes, you need to learn that you're a very poor liar. <laughs> and uh, I just don't have a very good poker face. And so I learned very early on that people can read me really well, um, that I wear my emotions on my sleeve. And so for me, the way that um, I have chosen to, to live my life is to treat people honestly, uh, to, to tell them the truth, to try to help them. Uh, I think you're a success when you serve other people, when you help them. Uh, and so that's what I want to do with my life and how I want to treat other people. My father taught me early on that when we die, we don't take anything with us, but we get to leave a legacy and a reputation and people will remember how you treated them, how you helped them, uh, the reputation that you built, um, the legacy that you leave behind. And so those are things that my parents taught me um, that have really impacted, shaped me and my character, my morals, all of that founded in scripture. 
Um, so for me, when I interact with folks, there's some people that are really uh, not trusting, uh, very skeptical. And uh, I, I just, as you said, I, sometimes I just stop a conversation and say, hey, listen, I, I really am just trying to help you. Feel free to check these things out. You know, how can I help you get the answers that you need? Um, you know, what can I do to, to earn your trust? Uh, sometimes it's been early on in a relationship, but um, I think there's a lot of evil in the world. A lot of people have been taken advantage of, and sometimes they just they don't trust anybody that they're talking to, and, and it, it's probably for a good reason. Yeah, yeah. You know, this Bill that I'm thinking of, um, I had that conversation with him after a while, and, and I sat back myself and I, contemplating these conversations that I had because they weren't going the right way. I tell you that they weren't. Every time I would get a call from him or a text. It was always very contentious. And I just kind of sat back one day and I, I just called him up and I'm like you, I kind of wear my heart on my sleeves. I'm very direct. And I just said, Bill, I, I don't know what I did to get us to this point, but all I'm trying to do is help you. And I'm doing it in the most professional way possible. You keep taking these shots at me. You're using profanity. When I see you at me, you're yelling at me. You're very like, I don't know, just like he, he had to be, he was very controlling and dominating of me. And I, you know, I said, I understand this is your sale. I'm here to help you. I'm here to work for you. I'm here to do what you want, but I do this 60 times a year. And this is the first time you've ever done this. And I'm just wondering who or what was said about me that got you to where you are. Cause I don't sense that you have a lot of respect for me. Turned out that somebody had spoke to him and kind of polluted his mind in a sense to work him against me um, for their benefit because they wanted to buy the property. And when I found that out, I said, okay, I see what's happening. So I explained to him that, you know, you're talking to these people and they're trying to buy your property, but I'm in the way of that. I'm protecting your interest and they don't want that. And that's where this is coming from. So now, you know, by bringing that up to them and just saying, you know, and using the words, I'm here to help. I'm here for you. I serve you. Um, All those, I I guess, godly traits, I guess, if for lack of a better term, it did melt his heart and, He's still a little rough around the edges, but but we get along a lot better now. So uh, great. Well, hey, so you've been buying land um, out of state and with some partnerships. Dive into that. Tell us what you're buying, how you're buying it, what you're doing it with it. And if you're selling it, we want to know about that, too. There was a few years ago that um, uh, I've gotten to know some other guys and specifically one individual and, you know, come across guys that are interested in buying land with you and with buying power uh, or, or when you pull your resources, you have better buying power. And so um, there's another gentleman and I that were, were good friends. We have very similar uh, uh, backgrounds of, of how we approach life and our, our, uh, our objectives to, um, to buying property of recreation as well as investment and, and growing wealth. And so we bought a few farms together. Uh, we just closed on one this past year in Western Kentucky. Um, so we found it to be a, a profitable venture of taking properties, seeing the potential that is there. Uh, we've got a checklist of different things that we're looking at, uh, um, different uh, items of interest. We evaluate properties, purchase them, improve them uh, in a variety of ways, and then we put them back on the market. In the meantime, uh, we also get to enjoy them, take people from church hunting and 
uh, kids and friends and family, making memories on the property in the meantime. But ultimately, you know, this is this is how I'm growing my wealth. I'm using this as my retirement money, and I'm just trying to snowball it as I buy property, improve it, sell it, and go do it again. And that's something that I personally just really enjoy doing as well. So out there right now, somebody, I had a conversation like this, maybe, I think it was one of my first podcasts and we talked a little bit about partnerships and I had a couple of people call me afterwards and say, well, how do I do that? How do I start that partnership? So this gentleman that you're working with, you approached him or he approached you. How did, how does it begin? And then walk us through that, you know, the, the, the nitty gritty of partnership development. Well, for us, we already knew each other. Um, this was something that uh, he was already, you know, doing a, a being in land ownership. And so I was new to it. Uh, so just over the years and as our friendship just continued to grow, conversations continued to uh, occur where we were talking through uh, what it would look like if we bought land together. And so for us, um, as I mentioned, we have goals and objectives that we have set out that are stated. We got them in writing of saying, this is, this is what we're doing. This is why we're buying land. And, as I mentioned, you know, for us to pull our resources, we're able to buy more acres and, and be able to do more. Um, so we also have an operating agreement uh, that we we have got in writing that we have uh, had an attorney write up. And through that, it states, again, our objectives, but also uh, how we're going to treat the land and, and um, uh, helping us establish how we're going to work with each other. And, and one thing he told me about that I thought was really helpful and creative before we ever did business together, he said, you know, Wes, if we do this, we'll talk about the divorce before we get married. Mm-hmm. And the idea there was before we enter into a business relationship, let's talk about what happens if, if, if uh, things go south, if, you know, you can't make your mortgage payment or if, if he couldn't make his mortgage payment, then what do we do? What are we going to do about that? So we, we begin to talk about that and put it in writing because it's a lot better to talk about those type of details on the front end rather than when, when things get complicated and then you're trying to figure it out. Um, so that, that's just a real general basis of us saying, here's our goals and objectives. Let's put it in writing and let's go into it with understanding. Begin with the end in mind uh, and let's do this together and let's stick to our word, be men of our word, stick to our commitment. Did the lawyer guide you through that kind of stuff? Because I definitely agree. It's like, how do we begin with the end in mind? If it goes south, how do we get out of it? But did he know the questions to ask this lawyer? Or did was your partner the, the knowledgeable one guiding the process? So I would say my partner definitely led in that because he had done this before. Uh, but we, we approached a real estate attorney who was had seen things like this before. And so it was, a, it was a working document where we sent back and forth edits until we were all comfortable with it. And then uh, he and I signed it. Uh, but it was led by my partner who, again, had done this before. Okay. Yeah, because I, I would think for the average guy out there that's listening to this going, yep, I'm going to find a partner. I have a rich uncle and I'm going to call him and say, hey, you know, I'll do the footwork. I'll do the work. I just need you to come in with the money. I have a little bit of money and we'll be 50-50 partners. But finding the right lawyer is going to be tough. I would think, I don't think there's a lot of them that maybe I'm wrong or correct me if I'm wrong. Are there a lot of lawyers that anybody could just call somebody up to and sign them up and they'll set this up or is this something that's very rare? Uh, we, we have found it 
to be common if you're contacting the right type of lawyers, right? And so these attorneys who have specific uh, specific focuses, uh, specialties. So uh, it, it's similar to our profession of being land specialists. I mean, we're a very different type of real estate agent. Uh, in the same way, some attorneys have special gifts, and that's why I always tell people. But when you when you say you got a lawyer, do you have a real estate attorney? Like, do they do they understand the business of what you're trying to do here? When I talk to them about buying and selling property. So for us, we went to somebody who, who was familiar with real estate and familiar, familiar with uh, partnerships. Um, so that was to our advantage, as well as my partner having done this before um, and having that, uh, that past experience. So real estate would be key. Real estate partnerships would even be more key. And then what about CPAs and accountants and all that stuff? Are that, is that part of the skill set here that you bring in? They can definitely be um, part of the conversation. I had my CPA and my financial advisor part of the conversation just to help them advise me. I mean, that's that's what I pay them for, right? So is like, hey, help me walk into this thing correctly and help another, everybody take a look at, at what we're doing. Uh, and so I have the right people at the table um, to help me achieve those goals and objectives. Partnerships, you know, assembling your team is – very important. And, you know, and I, I'm buying land myself and I'm turning over properties and I've only done it a couple of times. I'm probably on my fourth. Um, and I have in, and putting together that team has been the struggle. I don't have a lawyer. I don't have CPA. Well, I guess I do have CPA cause I work with one, but she doesn't really understand. I haven't had like real estate related questions with her. Although, I call her up and say, Hey, I just sold this property and I just made, you know, 60,000 bucks on it. And she's then aware of it for tax purposes. And she has told me, Hey, in the future, you know, give me a call earlier so I can kind of like be on top of it. But you know, my thing is I don't even know the, the questions that I don't know that I need to ask her a lot of times. And so this idea, this concept, I mean, we hear about investing, you know, assemble your team, but to the average guy out there, you know, where do I start? So I know there's probably, you could start any number of places, but there's a guy listening right now that's 25 years old. He's got a college for two or three years. He's got $50,000 saved and he's like, yeah, I'm going to form a partnership and I'm going to do what Wes and Neil are doing and they're buying and fixing up land and I'm going to increase my net worth. I need to put my team together. How do, where do I go? How do I do this? Can you give me some details? Yeah, great question. So for me, uh, I think that's the difference in dealing with a land specialist versus a, a normal realtor. Uh, I had a, a lady call me a couple of weeks ago trying to show a piece of property. Um, it's about 30 acres and it's planted in, in soybeans. And so she was going to go down there, show her uh, client around. She called me and said, hey, listen, you said soybeans, it's corn. And um, she she didn't understand how to read a map. She didn't understand how to tell two different pieces of property together. She didn't take the time to look at the map I sent her or the aerial pictures or, or to figure out how to get to even the right piece of property. And, and, and when she called me, I told her, I said, ma'am, you know, you, you didn't look at the things I sent you. You didn't even go look at the right piece of property because the, the property is in soybeans. And so in that parallel illustration, I would say my first call would be to a land specialist. Call one of the Whitetail property guys and say, hey, who's in your network? We have a, a great Rolodex of, of people that we work with that have specialties, um, you know, in state, out of state, in the region. And, you know, there we I love to connect people with other people and say, hey, you need to call my friend Joe. You need to call my friend Nick and and call these people and talk to them. I don't get any money out of it. 
uh, I just think this guy can help you. So for me, I'm interviewing CPAs, financial advisors, attorneys, et cetera, and I'm trying to talk to them. Who are they? What kind of interests do they have? And uh, I have connections as a land specialist in those areas that you mentioned. So I have my CPA. He owns a very large farm. Uh, he is living uh, the dream. He's been doing this for many years. So like you said, I don't know the questions asked. That's why he's my CPA. That's why I pay him. That's why I hire him. He's a great guy. He, he actually goes to church with me and, and he understands the land business because he's living out that dream. My financial advisor, again, uh, this guy's somebody I also go to church with. And these aren't just all people that are like in my church. That's not what we're doing here. This is just a, it just happened for my situation and the people that I've gotten to know. Uh, this guy, uh, he agrees with my values. Now, he's not a hunter, but when I went to him to understand his philosophy of handling my finances and helping me with that, he's helping me uh, grow wealth, uh, protect the dreams that I have in my, my life to, to assist me. And so because I've asked him those questions about who are you, what is your philosophy, how do you approach money, how do you approach growing wealth, uh, being a steward of what God's given you, um, I was able to have a conversation with him and determine this guy aligns with my values. Uh, and so I'm going to, I'm going to entrust him with this money to, to help grow it. Mm-hmm. So asking those questions of the people that you're, you're, you're looking at in your life saying partner with me, assist me, help me achieve my goals. So uh, that, that's what I would recommend to somebody and then finding somebody, you know, like myself that, uh, that can say, hey, you need to talk to this guy, that girl, uh, and, and they'll help you. So one of the listeners out there, somebody's listening to this right now, they're driving down the road, and I'm talking to you because you've been following Whitetail Properties and you've been watching the YouTube channel and you've been hearing American Landman podcasts, all these guys that vine and sell land. So I'm talking to you right now. And we're taking this to another level and helping you get to that point quicker where you're not just buying a piece of land to go stick a tree stain in. You're actually buying wealth and you're improving your net worth. And in my mind, that's a, that's a, that's a higher level way of thinking about this. Of course you're buying it to enjoy it and, and hunt it and do all the fun things, but why not begin with the end in mind as Wes said, and, think about this from a higher level. It's not your first purchase or it may be your first purchase, but it's not your last. And and the idea here is grow that wealth. Imagine all the things that you can do for yourself and your family. Um, And that's why you have to look at this and you have to start this out. And the journey isn't easy a lot of times because you don't have any idea what you're doing. And I know, Wes, I don't know if this is you, but this is me for sure. I had no idea. But it's funny that wherever my head goes, my backside follows, and eventually I bump into a guy like you. And I spoke with a guy like your CPA a couple of weeks ago, and I just I didn't know he did these things. And he talked about partnerships, and that led me to other guys within our company and outside our company that are buying and selling land guys that you would never know if my mind wasn't taking me there and seeking a higher level of knowledge. So for the guys that that is listening, this that says, yeah, I haven't even bought my first property yet. Well, keep thinking about it because that energy is going to take you this path and keep asking questions and not to plug whitetail properties. But what Wes just said is call us, call me, call Wes. If you're in Tennessee, 
We know people all over the United States that will help you. That's the first step. It starts with the right contact. And I'm in Western Wisconsin. You're in East Tennessee. We know people all over the country. So there's my shameless plug for the whole American landman. But that's what this is all about. We're, we are American landmen and we're trying to make more of them, right? And we, right. And we, can, help you, we can help you achieve the dream. Well, great. Well, hey, man, let's uh, let's move on. So what have you bought? All right. So you got this partnership. Let's talk about your purchases. What have you purchased? So recently, my partner and I, we sold a farm. We've been in the market looking for just the right type of property. Again, going back to uh, our checklist of, of the potential of the property. So we, we purchased a, a farm in western Kentucky that um, has a, a, an off-grid cabin on it. And it's almost all timber. And it's mature timber, um, and it had the right ingredients to it that we thought, hey, we can do something with this. We see potential. We see uh, things that we can do to improve this farm um, and, and set it up, improve it, and, and, and then put, uh, put it back on the market and go do it again, have some more fun. What's that timeline look like? Because I'm, I'm thinking, hmm, I want to do the same thing, but am I holding my money out there for a year or six months? What, what's your timeline? So this is a, a bigger farm. So uh, we're going to cut timber. It has mature timber that, you know, I look at and go, man, this needs to be cut. That resource that God's given us in trees. And so, you know, it has mature timber. We need to open up that canopy. So there's significant value there in timber that I think people often overlook. So we're looking at the size, uh, the quality of the trees, um, of, of, you know, how straight are they, where, where are they growing, the, the different slopes that are on this property. Uh, which direction that they face, the soil qualities. We're looking at the species, of course. Uh, and so this one, this farm could be so much better if, if uh, for one of the things, one of the top priorities on this property specifically is we need to cut the timber, open up the canopy, do it strategically, uh, and do it in, in a way that is helping us, sure, maximize our profit. But you know, I'm a fan of select cutting and cutting it with a strategy of how you're going to set up a farm for, for deer hunting, uh, for turkey hunting, to enjoy, you know, where you put your roads, your food plots, building ponds, uh, where's your landings, uh, improving your road that's in your property. Um, all these things uh, we're looking at for this one specifically of, uh, of realizing the value that's there and improving uh, what God's given us. So open up that canopy, get some food and shelter on the ground, and and make a good farm a great farm. Yeah, man, this sounds like a blank slate. I just don't see that kind of timber up here. I come across them occasionally. Uh, I just purchased a, a 30 acre little parcel and uh, they had had a windstorm and three years prior. And I bought this, I, I was out there in Jan, March, I think. And I walked in and what a mess. It, probably the worst time of the year to look at a property. But as I was walking through there, I was like, okay, well, there's a little pocket of mature trees here. And then here's a thicker th- or a, a thinner area where it's been thinned. And this is probably going to explode. I saw stumps. So I could tell they had been cut two or three years ago. And I'm like, those are probably going to be great mineral stumps. And this is going to be a jungle, but I could see remnants of um, old, like the loggers had been in there three or four years before I could see their skitter trails. And I thought, okay, well, there's a decent infrastructure here already from what those guys did. All I got to do is keep it open, but I got to do this before it turns into a jungle and I got to mark it. So is that what you had? Did you, did you have infrastructure there or were you bringing in bulldozers and creating your own? Cause that's a 
completely different animal. Well, that that is another great observation, and it's both. So, you know, we're looking at these things saying, okay, what is there? And then, like you said, what, what can we do with it? So one of the things I like about timbering is you're improving the habitat. You're putting money in your pocket, helping you pay your mortgage, because I have a mortgage on the property. Um, we're going to put trails in where we want to. We're going to do some grid cutting where we want to. Putting food plots, de-stump, grade it, get it ready for uh, planting, whether we're drilling or tilling or whatever. Uh, we have the opportunities to, to like you said, blank, uh, blank slate this property set up well, and then we'll evaluate as we move forward how long we hold hold on to this property. But you know, we always want to have a farm, but we don't necessarily want to buy our dream farm or we just sit on it, right? So that's our goal is not to buy our dream farm. Our 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 goal is to to build wealth and to enjoy the property at the same time and share the share the blessing of having a farm with others. And so we come to these farms and we look at how we can set it up like you said. And maybe a short version is depending on the property, but really short would be like a two year ownership of a farm. But typically you're looking at more. And it all depends on how you're managing that project. What do you? What are the projects you need to do, and how are you managing it? What kind of time you're giving to it? Uh, how long is it going to take for you to do what you're going to do, et cetera, et cetera. And so for us, we typically look about every two to five years um, that we're buying a property and putting it back on the market, and we get a chance to fix it up, improve it, have a lot of fun doing it along the way, and then go do it again. But again, we're not looking to buy our dream farm uh, right now. We one day, I hope to have a farm in East Tennessee that's a little closer, closer to me, and something I can enjoy with a little bit more ease. But, you know, there's, to me, I think that idea of a dream farm sometimes can be um, a little bit of a, a legend, right? Something that's just, you, you create in your mind that's uh, hard to, um, hard to really grasp because you walk on a piece of property and go, well, it's not perfect. And I, I just don't think there's a perfect farm. There's nothing perfect on this earth, like this earth um, is just affected by sin. And so in my own personal view and, you know, all property that you walk on is is an opportunity for you to improve and to make it better and to enjoy it. And so chasing this idea of a dream farm, I think could be misleading, but you can get to a farm that you dream of once you own several different properties in pursuit of that farm that maybe you want to hold on to, and maybe you want to make those memories with the grandkids. So, um, maybe that just, uh, that's a big concept of just w- what does the next 20, 30 years look like for me versus, okay, I'm buying this farm and I'm going to keep it for two to five years. Yeah. Well, you're, you, you got a big vision, which is always good. You got the end in mind, but then along the way you got it broken down in 10 to 20 small segments and each of those segments are broken down into you know, six months to three year hold times, but it's always a plan. So I'm going to take you back to, you bought this farm. It's got an old cabin on it. Um, it's similar to mine. Mine is probably smaller than yours. I have an old trailer on mine and, um, I bought that trailer that's on the land for a buck and it's got well and septic and water, but it was abandoned for about four years, nobody had been using it from what I could tell. It needed power washing. It needed cleanup. I ripped out all the carpet and everything and just 
two nights ago, my wife and I took 1,200 square feet of uh, plank flooring up there and deposited, staged it for my guy that's going to work on it. So your cabin was on this, was this cabin, is this cabin usable? Does it, is it off the grid? How does that affect the overall property? Are you going to bring in utilities, internet? I mean, how much work are you going to put into this old cabin? This is an off the grid cabin. It's a small two bedroom uh, cabin. And so its current condition is no electricity. It's run off a propane generator and they're collecting, we're collecting rainwater off the roof running through a filtration system that we use in the house for showering and through the sink, et cetera, in the bathroom. Um, so there's, there's no air conditioning. There's no internet, any of that stuff. So what we want to do in this cabin specifically is, yes, bring in utilities, bring in the power from the road. Cause it's not too far from the road. It's about three quarters of a mile, but we're going to bring in power overhead. We've got to cross a big Creek on the way there. Uh, so we're going to part of the timbering. We're going to clear a nice power line, uh, access. So we're working with the utility district, bringing in power. And then with that power to the house, we're going to put in some uh, air conditioning uh, units, maybe some of those, uh, not, not like a, an HVAC system, uh, but you know, just some of the smaller units, one or two, uh, will button up the house some where it's, it's getting a lot of bugs inside the house just because it's, it's, it's definitely a hunting cabin. Uh, we'll finish out the kitchen there. Um, we're also going to drill a well. Uh, so we're just trying to make improvements to say, okay, this is really nice. It could be, it could be better. Uh, just take it to the next level. The guy that built the cabin did a really great job with it. Nice front porch, back porch, but there's potential there to go to just like the property, look at it and go, okay, it's good, but it can become great. Yeah. The other thing we're going to do from the front porch, there's a really nice long view, uh, a long range view. Well, currently, there's a lot of mature trees there. And so that's an area that we're going to cut aggressively, leave a couple of trees strategically in front of the cabin. But there's a really, really nice view from the front of the property. So somebody's going to pay me to cut the timber, and I'm going to improve the view from the front porch. It looks out over the valley of western Kentucky. It's just uh, it's a nice setup and things that, you know, when you're new to a property, you see these things. Uh, and that's kind of p- part of, I think, bringing in somebody that's, like consulting, having somebody else come into a property and look at it, especially if you've had a property for a little while, things that they can see and go, man, here's what stood out to me when I first stepped foot on your property and spent a half a day, a whole day, two days on a property. Those are things because we were new to a property. We looked around and said, man, I know the things I would like to do to this property if I owned it. And so that's how we approach these farms and that cabin specifically. So if a guy out there was looking for this dream, cause there's a lot of them and you go back to using a land specialist agent that has an eye for this. Um, that's key because I have a place in mind right now. I actually walked it the other day. I started doing, I did film it. So I don't know if I'll, it'll be up on my, um, my YouTube channel, the American Landman YouTube channel, um, shameless plug, but, um, I filmed myself walking this property. There's an old, there's a driveway coming off a road that's across the street as public land. It's in Polk County, Wisconsin, probably within an hour of the Twin Cities. So I have this five, I call it the Fab Five, and it of of how to choose a property. And so that's one of the attributes of the Fab Five is within an hour, maybe two tops of the Twin Cities or a large metro. So check that box. And then there was a driveway, but it didn't have um, it didn't have utilities. It didn't have a septic. It didn't have a well, but it did have a nice steel pole barn building that was converted. And you know how like on a pole barn, there's those 
barn doors you would slide open to drive your equipment in. Well, they had that locked, but when I was able to get inside with the owner, if you slid those open, there was a glass uh, patio door there. And it was a perfect place to have an outflow deck, either gravel, which would be cheaper than maybe a a cement pad. Or if you wanted to go wood, you could build a little deck right there to barbecue on. And, but I was looking at that going, okay, electric, I was thinking buried, but you can, I didn't think about that. You could have poles coming in either way. Um, you're bringing them in, you know, 1800 feet. So six bucks a foot. And then you got a well and you, you can always call like the local well drillers and say, Hey, what's the average depth in this general area? And a lot of, yeah. a lot of finds, right. They'll, they'll know, Oh yeah, you're going to be right around 80 feet there. Okay, great. So that's right. about how much, well, that'll be about 5,000 bucks. All right. So you got your electric, you got your well, and then will it perk in this area? You know, you have a guy come out and do the hydrology test and they, it'll perk for a conventional that's going to be six grand. So, when I look at these properties, that's the eye that I've been able to do. And so with my clients have called me and say, I'm right. All right. You're probably about, I'm going to say about 15 to 20,000 bucks into this and he's selling it. And the average price per acre in this area is, and so you're going to buy it at this price. You're going to put 20,000 into it, but now you've got an asset that's worth 20 or $30,000 more. Um, and you start to use it. You guys doing the same thing. You kind of like, Run the numbers really quick. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, that's our Excel spreadsheet, right? You're breaking down a piece of property. How does it work on paper? Oh, you got on a spreadsheet even. Like? <laughs> yeah. So you dissect the farm. So we do that. I do that with people when I show them property. And what, what I'll tell you is, again, plug for whitetail properties, but we're, we're very different in how we approach land and help our, our buyers and sellers. I was an out-of-state buyer. This is my own personal property, my own personal money. And so I leaned heavily on the Western Kentucky guys and I said, Hey guys, here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I'm seeing. You know, who do you know? And so they were the ones who were able to contact me uh, with the right people to talk to for a variety of, of topics related to the farm. Things like you're talking about a utility district saying, Hey, here's the utility provider for that, for that property. Uh, here's a well digger in the area. Uh, they were the ones connecting me with people. They were a great resource for me. Yes. This, this property was something that, uh, they had listed, and so they had knowledge of it, and they were they were able to guide me as a out of state buyer. So for me, I'm talking to them about, like you said, that spreadsheet of how it breaks down, and here's how it adds up for me, guys. Because at the end of the day, this is about investment while I'm making great memories. So when you do this partnership purchase, so this is in Kentucky, you're you're buying that that that's what just so I have it in my head, you're buying in Kentucky, right? Yes, sir. We okay. bought a farm in Western Kentucky. Okay. So it sounds like you're kind of the spear point. You're the, you're the active part of this partnership. The other guy's more of a financial and advisor part of it. Is that, am I characterizing that correctly? Well, you know, I would tell you that a lot of people that I, I get phone calls from, that is very common, is one partner will be more active than the other one. Uh, on this one, I would say that we're both very much 50-50. So we're both very invested we're both going to hunt the farm. We're both going to bring friends and family again per the operating agreement and the rules that we've set up of, of how we're going to do those things, those details. But for this one, uh, he and I both are very active uh, in, in all aspects. Yeah. I, I, I really like this, what you're doing, because I'm looking for my next piece of property right now, but I don't need another farm to hunt. And I, I maybe I'm pitching this to you. I, <laughs> I got this guy up here in... Um, in a Northern Wisconsin County. I'm not going to give too many details. Great area, 
Boone and Crockett, Pope and Young, Kildare, all time. He's in his 70s, and this is 100 acres. There's an old steel pole barn in there, and if you could picture coming down into this valley, it starts out high. You wind your way on this winding road. There's high land on the south end and the east side and on the west side and on the north side. So it's like a big bowl. So it's like a, it's like a valley. There's a bubbling Creek that comes down through this valley and it's all overgrown and it hasn't really been farmed. There's some old machinery. There's a garage that's kind of filled up and and it's just, it needs work. This guy, this guy's in his seventies. I went and looked at it and actually I put it up on my Instagram last spring. And you know what I said to this guy? I'm like, you know, I am really interested in this. Something about this farm speaks to me. And he said, well, I was kind of hoping you would say that. I was hoping you would buy it with one agreement. I said, yeah, what's that? He goes, would you would let me hunt here for a couple more years? Because I only have a few more years left, but I'm not ready to stop yet. That has been in the back of my head. And I'm thinking, okay, I already got my farm. I'm doing one. I'd like to get this one. And, but I need a partner. I need to find somebody that will either help me or at least be part of the money. So I don't have to share the whole, the whole burden. And that's what you guys are doing, right? That's what it sounds like. Absolutely. And, and even another, another great illustration was the, the farm. The last farm we had is a farm that again, top priority for us was growing wealth. Um, and on that one, um, I was at a different stage in my life as well in my career. And so for that one, we actually leased out the tillable and the hunting rights on it. And with those two incomes combined, it almost completely paid for my mortgage every year. I was out of pocket, but very little. We cut timber on that property because, again, it had very large timber. And there's, there's, there's a great resource I think a lot of people overlook. It's very high right now with a lot of stuff going on in our world and in our country. Uh, whether it's Russia and Ukraine or China or our economy right now and just all the construction that's going on right now, timber is extremely high. So that's one of our biggest factors is tell us about the timber. Tell us about the species and trees that are there. Uh, going and looking at it with our boots on the ground, something that really you got to inspect yourself and have somebody there that knows what they're doing, whether it's your land specialist or you hire a forester to come out and walk with you for a day or they go out and do it themselves. These are things that we look at, but to your illustration, the last farm that I owned, I didn't hunt it. I didn't, I, I got the income from the two leases plus cutting the timber. I was still being able to hunt by uh, leases or hunting on other friends' farms or hunting on our family farm here in East Tennessee. Um, so there were other ways I was still able to hunt and I enjoy fishing too. So I'm still getting a chance to get outdoors. Uh, but I was not hunting on my personal farm because, again, I went back to my goals, my objectives. My number one objective is to grow wealth. Um, so on this farm, though, my next farm purchase, as I've continued to grow wealth, I said, this next farm, I don't want to lease out the hunting. I want to hunt it myself. I want to share the blessing. I want to take other people. I want to see kids kill their first deer, turkey, squirrel hunt, rabbit hunt, dove hunt, whatever. I want to enjoy those things there. I want to share the blessing. And so I'm passing up that income. Uh, because I am in a different stage and I am able to share the blessing now and I can afford the mortgage like I couldn't have on my last farm. So mm-hmm. just, again, another case study with my own personal life. Yeah, the cash flow, the monthly cash flow has probably been my biggest area of nervousness, I guess. And so I've been, I, on my purchases, I'm I'm really focusing on six month or less whole times. 
my current farm in Indian Creek, which I talk about a lot, I would say, I mean, honestly, I just put it up for sale and I took it down <laughs> for people that are listening to this. I just couldn't bring myself to do it after I really thought about it. I said, I don't really want to sell this place. So that one's a five to 10 year hold and improving it. Um, but my other purchases that I'm making are six months. I mean, I, I, I'm, I've got my crew coming in uh, I found a guy, he's a veteran, uh, wet, red, white, and true. If people want to look him up, um, Cabe, I'm giving you a plug. Cabe is a vet, a uh, veteran, and his wife is a veteran too. And they have a little small business where they do that kind of work. And so I hired him to help me fix up this mobile trailer. I call it the cabin, but mobile trailer. And, um, so he's doing the work. So that was probably the biggest thing that kind of held the process up was just finding the contractor to do the work. And then of course I had to go out and pay for all the stuff. So what I did for full disclosure is I have a home equity line of credit uh, that I took out against some townhomes that I own free and clear. So I got a home equity line of credit from my banker who is, so that's the second part of my team is my banker. So I got a guy that can do the work and I got a banker and he set up this home equity line of credit. So I literally have a a checkbook of about 450,000 bucks. I can pay cash for anything I see. And I draw against that for the, for the materials. And then Cabe comes in and does the work. Um, the third member of my team is I have another retired guy that I found locally He's a neighbor and he used to be in construction and he has a skid steer with a big brush hog on it. And so I found him and he does the land work for me. So that's my third level of, uh, of my team. And then I found a a painter and Daryl Walker out of Somerset, Wisconsin. If you're in the area is a great painter. Daryl got a plug for him. Um, Daryl paints the trailer. So I got that team. So for me, I, I, it's kind of hands off on mine, but I, and I'm looking for a, a, a six month flip. That's my goal, but I could see going longer eventually. If I could find a place like you're saying, where you have some timber value, you have rent from the land lease, you have rent from the hunter lease. Maybe you have rent from the house. Maybe it's long-term rent, not a short-term rents. Um, if you can cover, if you can get cash neutral, that's probably a reasonable goal. You can, and those are out there. And, and look at what you just did. You just broke down a piece of property, and that's where you can talk to a land specialist, and they can help you think through these properties. Okay, what's your what's your goals? I mean, I could have hunted uh, my last farm if I wanted to. I just would have had to take less money and come to an agreement with the folks that were going to lease it, and and still get some income and still hunt it. For an example, but like you're saying, one of your goals is less time than I am for holding property. Um, so you got to factor that in, but you just broke down a piece of property. Uh, and I think a land specialist is going to help you do that for your, your folks that are buying property to say, okay, you tell me what you're looking for. Here's your goals, break it down. And that helps, helps a land specialist look at a piece of property and evaluate it for you and go, well, this one fits or this one doesn't. And it all goes back to, uh, your wish list, your checklist that you've got. So you did a great job right there just breaking down the things that you're doing. Yeah. You know, and I'm, um, I have an appraiser going out to appraise this property probably in next week. And, um, I guess for full disclosure, I'm just going to say my numbers because that's what we like to do here. We like to help people. So I bought this place for $90,000 and, um, my appraiser looked at it and you're not going to believe this, but he's telling me on the low end, 250 on the high end, three, 
hundred and I'm going to have about 10 or 11. Yeah. 10 or 11,000 bucks into this thing. And I, I, I just said to him, come on, man, are you serious? I'm going to make 160,000 bucks in this. He goes, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm looking at the numbers. I said, all right, I need you to go out and appraise this. I, I want this, not your just opinion. And you're looking at the phone and on your little appraiser app that you're using, go out and appraise this. So another tip for the listeners out there is just go ahead and spend the money. If you're in Western Wisconsin, I'll set you up with an appraiser. And I believe his price on that is about 400 bucks. He typically charges anywhere from seven to 2000 is his appraisal fee. So he'll, he'll appraise a property for you because, and if you mention me, just mention American Landman podcast and, uh, and he will do it. His name is Nick Pronold and Nick is actually a land specialist of whitetail property. So you can find him on the website. But, um, I said, Nick, I want you to go out and I want you to appraise this property and I want you to put it in writing. So when I get a buyer and I put this out there and they tell me, I'm, you know, I hear all these explicatives, you know, you're crazy. Um, I'm gonna say, no, here's an official, um, appraisal. I surely hope he is right, but I'll be honest with you. I have no intention of putting this up for the top dollar 300. I'm not going to give it away and go way low. I, my goal is good is good enough. And so whoever's listening to this, if you're looking for 30 acres in Polk County with a mobile trailer, that's completely, everything is done to it. I'm going to have it for sale in probably August. I'm looking for a fair sale, Wes, because I want to get onto the next property. I always leave a little meat on the bone. That's I always do. I think that's a great observation. And a lot of people that I work with that are my repeat clients, the people that continue to buy and sell property, they're looking for an opportunity to improve property, make money. You know, that's part of their job, whether it's their full-time job or part-time job, one of their, you know, several jobs, some of them as entrepreneurs. That's what they tell me. That's one of the advices that they've given me over the years and just sharing like, hey, how do you do what you do, right? I mean, just having a conversation with these guys. That's what they always say is make your money and move on. Don't get greedy. You know, this is business. Um, be honest. Work hard. Clean it up. Do what you know how to do, just like all of us do in our various uh, jobs and vocations. That's what they say is exactly what you just said, which is uh, make your money and be honest about everything and, and uh, just treat everybody the right way and say, hey, this is I got a good deal. I fixed it up and I'm putting it back on the market make your money and move on. You know, there's a tool that I use, um, for the listeners. You're going to want to go check this out. I, you can, I believe you can get this at the Apple store. Um, it's called property evaluator app. And I've had this on my phone, um, for a number of years. And um, what you can do is you open up this app app and you can take a photo of your property and then you type in the address and Google map will put a map there. And, um, but you can start punching in your property data, everything from the square footage of the mobile. So 1200 feet, and then the initial market value of what you've got there and what you purchased it for. And then you could punch in your mortgage and your down payment and any buying costs, like your closing costs, but you could start popping in all these things. You could put in data that is like, if you want to keep these properties for a long-term rent, you, you know, like what Wes did, leasing it out or whatever, you can put that in there. And the point of this app is that you can enter all this data right on your cell phone or, or an iPad or something. And then it will project from now until like 29 years or something because of depreciation, 
and it'll tell you what that property will will be bringing you return on investment your internal rates of return your cap rate your cash flow it'll everything will be there the entire income your expenses and you could project it there's a little slide rule where you could go year 1 all the way out to year you know 10 15 20 29 and it'll 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 calculate those numbers based on your input and you can then literally if you need to get a loan or if you wanted to sell that property, once you enter this data on this app and you print off this report for the next guy, I'm telling you, it it's money. And I, I, I it's a play on words, but it literally brings value to these properties because you can show them what two to three or six percent, you know, increase in value over time will do. And then it's just an invaluable. So go, go to the Apple store and look up property evaluator app. I have it. I pulled it out one time at a property I was looking at with another agent and he goes, what is that? And I was typing in stuff and he's like, man, I have never seen that. I said, yeah, look at this, look at this report. If I hit print, this 18 page report would print out. Imagine taking that to your bank and go, okay, I found this property. I ran the numbers. Here it is. You're going to look like a rock star when you do that. And it's going to give you peace of mind that you're actually organized when you're buying these properties. So the Apple store property evaluator, there's your tip of the day. Well, Wes, we are, we're about 55 minutes and I like to try to keep these things at about an hour. And man, we talked about a lot of cool stuff. I definitely need to have you back. I say that to every one of my guests, I got to have you back because there's so many things that you talked about that we got to dive in. Um, is there anything in parting you'd like to say, or if you just want to close it out and give me your uh, contact for the listeners, that'd be great. What I would tell people is contact your local whitetail properties land specialist, or, uh, because we we have these type of resources. We're there really to serve you. Uh, a lot of the stuff that you mentioned there, if they're interested in, in seeing some of the things that I put together as far as evaluating a piece of property, how do you break it down? What questions to ask when you're looking at property, big or small? I'll be happy to share any of that stuff. You can find me by simply Googling uh, Whitetail Properties, Wes Evans, W-E-S-E-V-A-N-S. So they can find me there. They can find me on Facebook. They can find our business page uh, at Facebook with ETN as in East Tennessee, Whitetail Properties, ETN, Whitetail. All right. We lost him there. All right, Luke, we're going to do the outro again here, um, and we'll try to get that. We lost the connection. All right, Wes. Well, hey, man, we're we're coming up on on our break here, and we need to wrap this up. There are so many things that we could talk about here that we touched on. I'm going to have to have you back, but um, why don't you go ahead and give out your contact information if you'd like? How do people follow you, and how do they get a hold of you if they're in East Tennessee and they want a property um, specialist like yourself? Well, thank you, Neil. Uh, you can simply Google WhitetailProperties.com and look in there for. Uh, West Evans, W-E-S-E-V-A-N-S. You can find me on Facebook. You can find our business page on there. ETN is in East Tennessee. ETN and Whitetail Properties. You can find me on Instagram, West Evans 8080. Uh, be happy to talk to anybody if they want to learn more about that breakdown of how I look at properties, questions to ask, how to process properties. If they want to call me, they can find all my contact information online. And I'd be happy to talk about those things, pass along those Word documents um, to help them. Um, answer any questions or connecting to people that maybe I know in their region. So happy to help any way I can. 
Awesome, dude. Well, man, I really, really appreciate it that you came on and your willingness to share specific things like that with the the Word document. That's great. Um, So folks, you heard it from him. If you're looking to invest, uh, give him a call and he'll help you out. Um, Wes, thanks for being on the show. Um, I'd love to talk to you again and we'll have you back sometime soon. Thank you, Neil. Appreciate you guys. God bless y'all. All right, buddy. God bless you too. Well, I really enjoyed that uh, that conversation. Wes Evans, I tell you what, guys, he is such a great guy. I mean, I don't know if you picked up the energy of his easygoing, high quality. This guy is it. So if you're looking for a connection in East Tennessee, I, I would highly recommend that you give Wes a call. Um, and as always, as we say, you know, if you're looking to get into the land biz, if you want to be American landman and you're listening to this podcast and you think, I want to be, do, I want to do that, then give us a call. We know people all over the United States. Um, any one of us can connect you with anybody within the continental U.S. We have agents all over the United States. We all have our network. Or you could just call me. I'm located in Western Wisconsin. Um, I can help you um, get representation either as a buyer or a seller. You should give me a call and uh, we'd be glad to help you. So folks, thanks for listening. Um, As always, um, I'm Neil Hogger and I'm a land specialist with Whitetail Properties Real Estate. And I want to be your guy in the land business. You've been listening to the American Landman Podcast.